This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Thank you very much, and welcome to the show. Most of us have had to experience moving from one city to another, and it sometimes can be a little straining on the nerves, can't it? Getting used to new places, new people and customs. And what about people who uproot themselves from all things familiar in their home country and move to another where everything is different? The language, the laws, even the weather. There are many who might be tuned in tonight who have a lot in common with Luigi Basco, who moved from his native Italy to the Midwest of the United States to live and work in Chicago. I like this gentle show because it frames a lot of what real immigrants go through, their difficulty with the new language and all that that entails. Perennial character actor and two-time Academy Award-winning nominee J. Carol Nash plays Luigi. And tonight's episode, Luigi is Lonely. The makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum invite you to enjoy life. Life with Luigi, a comedy show created by Cy Howard and starring that celebrated actor, Mr. J. Carroll Nash with Alan Reed as Pasquale. You know, friends, Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum is a typically American product that appeals to people of all ages and nationalities in all parts of our country. And the Wrigley people feel that Life with Luigi is a typically American radio program, a friendly, enjoyable show that sort of symbolizes the American spirit of tolerance and goodwill. So the makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Gum are glad to bring you Life with Luigi each week and have you join them in this pleasant half-hour's entertainment. And now let's read Luigi's letter as he writes about his adventures in America to his Mama Basco in it. Dear Mama <laughs> in your last letter, you asked I should write you more about the American. Well, if there's a one way I'm going to surely describe him, it's to say he's always in a hurry. Even if he's got a nuts in the door, he's the one to do it before everybody else. <laughs> And this is a mechanism very strange. Yesterday, man is run over to me in the street and he's a yell, You got the time? Before I'm a got to my watch out of my pocket, he's a bought a paper, dropped as a change, he jumped on a bus and a holler, Thanks. <laughs> thanks for what? Funny thing is to make me act just as a crazy. He's holler, Thanks, and I'm a holler, You welcome. <laughs> There's no way in the world I'm a see such a rush. In the morning, is a racer to the subway. Then a racer to work, a racer to lunch, a racer back to work. Racer to the subway, racer home. And on a Saturday, when everybody should be nice and arrested, is a big racer to the doctor. <laughs> Mamma mia, you ever see a horse to race? 
When I'm in Chicago, it's the people's race. Only sometimes when I'm watching the people, I'm going to think of the horse and knows more of what they're doing. <laughs> also, you ask me if it's the people that are friendly here. How many friends am I got? Well, mamma mia, Chicago is not like our little town in Italy, Castellamar. Where everybody else is call me by the first name. In Castellamar, everybody is call me Luigi. Over here, I'm just a plain, hey, you. <laughs> I think, I think the reason I'm, I'm right to you so much like this, mamma mia, is, is because today I'm feel very lonely and I'm missing you. But maybe I'm thinking too much about it. So I better go off to my night school class. There, with all of the questions and the answers are flying around, I'm going to forget to my trouble. Well, class, can anybody answer the question? Who said, give me liberty or give me death, Mr. Harway? No, it wasn't Harway. <laughs> Please, Mr. Schultz. Well, Mr. Harwitz, who said, give me liberty or give me death? Mm. And I studied my lesson so hard last night. I even kept my little boy, Seymour, he should help me. Was it Thomas Jefferson? No. Alexander Hamilton? Mm-mm. Samuel Adams? Paul Revere? George Horowitz, please leave somebody to start the revolution. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, fellow Boobies. You can have liberty or death. Just give me a smile. <laughs> All right, Mr. Schultz, there'll be enough out of you. Mr. Basco, you may answer the question. Miss Bolling, please excuse me. You mind the to repeat it? I was not listening to this one. Oh, Mr. Basco, evidently your mind isn't on your work today. Yes. Uh, Miss Bolling. I have been quietly sitting back and noticing the lack of attention my colleague Kate discusses. Fortunately, I remain as a shining example that your efforts are bearing fruit. And I will be real glad to answer the question. Well, listen to him. The mental giant is the pygmy personality. <laughs> Mr. Schultz, class, I'm really very disappointed in you today. I don't... It does so. You're still not paying any attention. Excuse me, Miss Bolling. I'm trying a very hard tonight, but... Luigi, is something wrong? You look a little pain. Maybe you're not eating right, Luigi. You know what they say? We are what we eat. Him, what does I look like? I had a hamburger for lunch. <laughs> Don't you feel well, Mr. Basso? I'm sorry I didn't know that. No, no, no. Thank you, class. But is it not the food that bothers me? Is it well? Well... I'm ashamed to say, but but I'm starting to feel a little lonesome. Oh, oh Luigi. Poor Luigi. It's almost two years since you saw your mama. Hmm? Yeah. You're very young, and Emily. I know your thoughts, Luigi. When I first came over, before I had enough money to send for my family, sometimes I too felt lonesome. You know, there must be many ways of meeting people, Mr. Basso. Why don't you join some social group or dancing club? That's a good idea. After all, you know, the toughest thing is to be a bachelor. I remember how it feels to go home alone every night and sit and look at poor walls. Your heart is different if you're married. Sure, now I got three rooms and I come home, my wife runs out to play canasta, and I sit and look at the twelve walls. <laughs> Smile, Luigi. You are not so bad off. <laughs> Maybe I'm not. We are a big help. Luigi, I would gladly ask you to come home with me. But it so happens that tonight I got to run right to my meeting. You know, the old death of young men's benevolent society. 
I'm the president and... No, 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 thank you. Thank you, Horowitz. But I'm a no baby. I'm Louise. You know, I go to work. That's the class. If you want to help me deliver the news. Well, it's a very nice of you, Archie. No, I think I go home with the sleep. Louise, you know I would say come and sleep with me and my happy little family. But the zoo up is my apartment is being dangerous. Oh. You see, there's ten in the family and we got it exactly ten paintbrushes. <laughs> There must be something you can do. Mr. Basso, what about Rosa? Miss Spalding, he may be alone, but he don't want to be with a crowd. <laughs> Cannot, tonight, I'm even willing to go out with the rush. Well, that can easily be arranged for it. Oh, you're so far yet again, Mr. Spalding. Yeah, like just letting him be you. You got it, Luigi Rosa. Your troubles are over. Smile! <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, we all get a little moody sometimes, but like we say in the delicatessen business, don't worry. The things that look darkest today, tomorrow we cover up with a little mayonnaise. <laughs> Luigi, my friend! Hello, Luigi, hello, hello. Hello, Pastor. I'm, I'm just to get it back. Don't night. talk so much. I'm a climate change. Huh? Hey, hey, what are, what are you doing with this spaghetti policy? Moving things around like please, this. Please, shut up. All right. Now, let me see. Uh, I think I'm going to change your breadstick. These look too nibbled on. That's why And uh, this little table, I'm going to put in there the cash to register. In case anybody tries to sneak out of without a patient, I gotta be trapped. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very funny, that's a very I got it, I know. I'm gonna take off for the old wallpaper and hang up a lot of pictures about the desert. That's gonna make the customers a pussy, they're gonna order more wine. That's <laughs> <laughs> a good idea for study. Also, you could. Please, the place I'm a consecrating. All right. <laughs> Now, uh, I'm going to take the electric bulbs away from the tables, and I'm going to put the candles. I have to give it a place to fire atmosphere to cut down my electric bill. Well, I'm a good idea for you. Nobody's asking you. Now, should I get a new cage? Now, I put a slip covers on the old slip covers. <laughs> yeah, my ashtray is almost all stolen. Better make a trip to some hotel lobbies and get us some more. <laughs> Maybe I'm going to print up a book of matches, yeah. Eat at the Pasquale's Spaghetti Palace at 23 North, the whole set of streets, are especially low prices. Special family rates if you all come together. Yeah, that sounds good, Pasquale. Oh, wait, Let... will you go home, please? You can't even see tonight I'm a busy. Well, Pasquale, maybe... Maybe I can stay here and help you a little bit tonight. Huh? Look, here, I'm going to move this table over for you. Luigi, if you don't go home now, I'm going to count till it's ten and kill you by seven. But, <laughs> Charlie, I'm sorry. I go now. Was it just that I was, I was just feeling lonesome and, and I was just to feel like I'm the one to talk. Talk? Oh, There's only one subject I'm interested to talk about. I'm willing to talk about that subject. It ain't a politics, the money, or moon pictures. Yes, sir. <laughs> you hit that jackpot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. Come on, I'll let you talk. 
You sure you want to talk about a roast? Sure, I'm a sure. <laughs> Which let me feel you have. You must be sick. No, 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 I'm an actor. Ah, you're just a teasing of me. I suppose you're going to tell me how fat she is. No, 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 I'm a bit of thinking. Fat the skinny is all the same. Is it the personality? That's what it counts to with a girl. Hmm. You look like a Luigi. You act like a Luigi. You sound like a Luigi. Would you, would you put them all together tonight as they come out of Xavier Cougar? <laughs> Daddy, well, what's the difference if I start it? I'm, I'm feeling a very lonesome, and I, I'm a think maybe tonight I could take a road just for a walk in the park. But it's something. Ooh, that's wonderful, Luigi. Look, Ross is in the kitchen. Why don't you go with yourself for the answer? All right, sir. I'm going to do that tonight. <laughs> Russian. Oh! I thought you were now. <laughs> I scare you? No. I like mine. Is there a nice night with tonight? I don't know. Should I go outside and look? No, no. No, stay. Russia, how you would like to wish you to go for a walk in the park? Just a minute. Good. But not tonight. The butcher's son, Harold, is taking me to a midnight show. Oh. I gotta go, Luigi. You know, business. Harold's father gives Papa the best touch of me. <laughs> yeah, best. Uh, well, all right. Thank you, Rosie. Well, how you make out a little banana nose? No good. Rusty says he got a date to put in. Oh, yes, Harold. Well, Louis, just a bit. Yeah, I know, I know. Best to cut to the nature. Well, don't get it so sarcastic. <laughs> After all, it's only tit for tat. You turn me down so many times. All right, all right, the first time. So, Arthur Louis, there's a plenty of fish in the lake. You want another girl? Yeah, how? Go jump in the lake. <laughs> Good night, Sir Luigi. Be happy. <laughs> Good night, the first player. I'm happy. Before we return to Life with Luigi, we'd like to mention that refreshing Wrigley's Spearmint Gum is an ideal treat for your whole family to enjoy. You can give it to youngsters between meals without worrying about spoiling their appetite. And you can enjoy it often every day yourself, because it's never rich or heavy. Remember, too, chewing Wrigley's Spearmint is good for your teeth and aids digestion. So for a long-lasting taste treat and a healthful chewing treat all combined into one, Get a few packages of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum next time you go shopping. Wrigley's Spearmint. Healthful, refreshing, delicious. Now let's turn to page two of Luigi Vasco's letter to his mother in Italy.
That's the night, Mamma Mia. I'm going to try to go to sleep early. But I'm going to sleep. Was a big, emptiness inside of me. Like when are you hungry? Only the emptiness was not in the stomach. Was up his face a little bit. I was so anxious to hear friendly voice. I'm going to get on the telephone. And I'm going to call up for the right time. Beautiful voices to say, it's now 12.30. It's now 12.30 in the 10 seconds. It's now 12.30 in the 20 seconds. Then I'm going to start to talk to her. But if she's a keeper, I don't talk and I'll listen to me. This is making me very lonesome. I'm going to get out of bed. I'm going to get out of bed, dress myself, and I'm going to start to walk in the fresh air. That's a little better. Hundreds of people. Hundreds of strangers. That's to make one apartment. Hey, uh, get your paper, get your paper. Here, truth shut off. Mama me, I know how they feel. Maybe I'm going to talk to the newsman. He's all by himself. Hey, mister. Paper, bud? Yeah. Is a lot of soup to shut off? It's all in the paper, mister. How about it? How about the what? Come on, Jack. I got no time to stand around and talk. Time costs money. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm on the Here. Give me a picture. Hey, you give me only a nickel. I get two more cents. Well, let me know as a sales attack on a newspaper. <laughs> All right, sir. Here. You think the medicine... There you are. Get your paper here. Paper here. Hmm. I'm across the money. The light, Mac? No, but no, if no. you go with me, I'll take you to my antique shop. I'm going to get lots of matches. I'm a... Huh? You should keep a right on the moving. Maybe I'm going to try somebody else. Hey, hey, bud. Huh? You got a light? Sure. Well? Well, what? What do you want to do with it? Start a fire? Oh, no, I'm going to want to start a fire. Well, where's your cigarette? Oh, I'm going to smoke. Well, what do you want a light for? Well, I'm a... I'm a just to want to talk. Oh, I get it. And you want a light so you can't see who you're talking to. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here. Huh? this guy, he's going to like me. Well, I'm gonna find somebody to talk to. Oh, there's somebody. Hey, you look like he's in trouble. Hey, mister, you have an accident? Accident? What accident? <laughs> Why are you laying under the lamp for? It's a free country. I can lay anywhere I want. <laughs> Yeah, sure, sure, that's right. I'm agree with you. He's a great, a big, wonderful country. Oh, that's... all right, it's strong. Hey, hey, uh, help me up. Wait, wait, uh, sure, I'm help, help me up. Now, now, now you can walk. Yeah, so long. Drink. Huh? I'll try it again. How can I get through? There's three lampposts. <laughs> we pay taxes. Hmm? And how does the city spend the money? Three lampposts and one spot. <laughs> I'm going to get even. I'm going to get married and have 50 kids. Let the government pay me taxes. Yeah, well, well, I'm agree with you, except, uh, except about the taxes. Yeah, all right. How that far, huh? 
Let's go out drink, huh? Uh, drink? drink? Yeah. You want a drink? Yeah. For sure. I need sure. One. Hey, look. Look, we got a drink of that over there. Yeah? Where? where? There. Where? It's a water fountain. <laughs> a water fountain? Oh, no, no. Mamma mia. I'm a dinner ticket. He could run it so fast. He's just so quiet in the night time. Even asleep. They look sad. Hey, why you watch where you go? I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Here, yeah, come on. Come on and let me help you cross. Thank you, Jim. May you never know what it is to be lonely. My new house seems to be even I first came over. I would gladly ask you, Luigi, but tonight. The painting the above. Join a social group or dancing club? It's business. Fine, trusted me. <laughs> Go jump in the lake. I cost money. Get out of here. Twenty beautiful girls, twenty the loveliest little dancing partners in Chicago, and it's only ten cents a day. Huh? That's right, twenty beautiful girls waiting to dance with you. What's the what a mess? That's right. Oh, Mama mia, how they know I'm alone? They can see you coming. I'll go right in there, and your troubles are over. Oh, thank you, thank you. You're real a friend. Hey, wait a minute, neighbor. It's ten cents a day. Hey, what the? Here. No, but but I'm I'm only got the one dollar bill. Okay, here's ten tickets. Just hand the girl a ticket for the dance. Right in there, son. Mamma mia. One a minute ago, nobody has to talk to me. All of a sudden I'm a popular. Hey. Mm-hmm. Huh? How about a dance? The music's just stopping. Hmm? <laughs> all right. Uh, okay, here's my ticket. Good, I'll hold them all. That's one dance. <laughs> That's the dance? Uh-huh. Must have been some music I'm going to hear. <laughs> here we go again. Come on. Hold <laughs> Hey, honey, huh? you dance beautifully. How you gonna tell? <laughs> Say, in the next one, let's do a two-step, hmm? <laughs> you must have been joking. There's only enough of music for one step. If you don't mind, I'm going to take it back to my ticket. What's the matter? Don't you want to dance no more? No. Two dances is enough for three is to make me dizzy. <laughs> well, uh, maybe we can sit down and talk. Talk? You better talk to Sure, I'm, I'm going to like it to talk. Fine. Then I'll hold the ticket. It's a dollar a half hour. To talk? Yeah. How much does it cost if we just to sit together and keep it quiet? <laughs> Are you a wise guy? Dance, dance, 
I'm a wonder if she's a carrier missile down in a half an hour. <laughs> it's like I'm a just been introduced to a taxi. Hello. Hello, and here's the ticket. Uh, you don't have to give me a ticket. I don't? Huh? <laughs> You've never been here before, have you? You're going to tell her by the way I'm a dance, huh? <laughs> no, come on, let's sit down. Oh, thank you. Here. No, no, I don't want your ticket. It's closed soon, and you can get the money back then. Okay. You know something? I don't care if you do take them. The whole night through. Excuse me, Anna. I think you watch as slow as it's 3.30. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way the song goes. Three o'clock in the morning. Night. Three o'clock in the morning. You know, it's my favorite song. I sing it every night when I go home. Very nice. That's the late, huh? Oh, how late. And how lonely. You lonely too? Who is it? Huh? How'd you like to be a policeman at three in the morning? The milkman going to sleep when everybody's getting up. And you ever hear those just shouting? Hello, Mabel, hi, you Jack. This number's for you. Oh, they must be the loneliest people in the world. There's so many kissing. They all are lonely. Chicago's a lonely town. So it's the four in the morning to call the police station again. Pasquale, I already called them a dozen times. They don't want the FBI in on this, you know. They should have some void by now. Pasquale, did, did you do anything to Luigi or say anything to chase him away? No, I just told him to go jump on a lake. <laughs> That's all. How was I know he was going to do it? <laughs> oh, I was awful mean to him. I chased him out of the store and he wanted to help. I, I should have invited him to come home with me. Poor Luigi. He was feeling bad in school today. We all know it and we didn't do nothing about it. Oh, I got a feeling he's a dad now. What I wouldn't give was to see that little cabbage push with those two watermelon seeds of her eyes. <laughs> I would have given... Luigi, my son, I'm so happy to see you alive. Stop it! Why are you kissing me, Luigi? We was going crazy trying to find you. Sixteen times I called up for the hospital, and every time they told me you wasn't carried it on a stretcher, I was a heartbroken. <laughs> Luigi, where did you disappear to? I, I just went for a walk till four o'clock in the morning. Where did you walk to, Milwaukee? <laughs> oh, Luigi, you disappointed me. I thought for sure you was a dad. Oh, no, no, I wasn't a dad. 
I've been walking around the city talking with a newspaper man, a fella on the lamppost, and I'm a dancing with a beautiful girl. Then I'm a took her home. Luigi, here's a dollar. Dollar, what the fuck? Next time you take the tour, I'm going with you. <laughs> What's the fun? Luigi should be ashamed of yourself. While I'm sitting here going crazy, you running all over town enjoying your loneliness. But, Squally, I'm a sorry. Sorry. You know, Rosa had a date. You knew I was going to be alone. So why you left me all by myself? Well, you know how much I hated my own company. <laughs> That's the trick of this guy. To learn how to be alone. Chicago. That's a wonderful, lonely time. Good night. I'm going to. Good night, Louise. You're good night, eh? And see you all tomorrow. Well, back to bed for me. Good night. Kimmel, what happened? We called the police, the hospital. He's sorry he didn't jump in the lake. I'm out of bed. Louise is talking in circles. One thing I'm sure of. Chicago is a Fashimmer town. <laughs> and so, Mamma Mia, my letter to you is a finish. It's a lovely night for now. And I'm a think I'm a take a walk. No, it's a not that I'm a lonely. It's just that I was in a four houses of the night. Pasquale, Schultz, Horowitz, and Olsen. And I'm a had a dinner in each, and if I don't take a walk, I'm a gonna bust. <laughs> You're having a son, Luigi Basco, a little immigrant. Folks, the makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum hope you've enjoyed tonight's episode of Life with Luigi, and they'd like to remind you that Wrigley's Spearmint is just about the perfect pastry to enjoy between your meals. During the morning or afternoon, when you get a little hankering for something tasty, slip a stick of Wrigley's Spearmint Gum into your mouth. Chew on it and get the full enjoyment of that refreshing, delicious, real mint flavor. You'll enjoy the chewing itself, too. That little stick of gum will satisfy you without spoiling your appetite for lunch or supper. Try it, won't you? Keep some Wrigley's Spearmint Gum handy to enjoy between your meals. The makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Gum invite you to listen next week at this time when Luigi Basco writes another letter to his Mama Basco in Italy. Life with Luigi is produced and directed by Cy Howard. Mac Benoff writes the script with Lou Derman. J. Carol Nash is starred as Luigi Basco with Alan Reed as Pasquale. Music directed by Mud Rusty. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Stay tuned for the Screen Guild Theater next on Theater of the Mind. You're listening to Theater of the Mind on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 at 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Tonight we feature another show from the Gulf Screen Guild Show, where leading Hollywood stars performed adaptations of popular motion pictures. Fees that would ordinarily have been paid to the stars and studios 
were instead donated to the Motion Picture Relief Fund and were used for the construction and maintenance of the Motion Picture Country House. And tonight, Lucille Ball and Brian Dunleavy star in the story of murder and blackmail in Greenwich Village. Esther presents the Screen Guild Players. The Lady Esther Screen Guild play tonight, A Night to Remember. The starring players... This is Lucille Ball. This is Brian Dunleavy. Tonight, Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild players in Columbia Pictures' comedy of murder and blackmail in Greenwich Village, A Night to Remember. It stars Brian Donlevy as Jeffrey Troy and Lucille Ball as his wife, Nancy. The Lady Esther Screen Guild players in A Night to Remember. The address was 39 Gay Street, New York. I had a strange feeling about the place right from the start. First the scream, and then... Jeff, did you, Jeff, there's something crawling across the floor. (laughs) 39 Gay Street, New York. (laughs) You know, an artist might call that Greenwich Village. A social worker might call it the slums. (laughs) Sure, I pointed all that out to Nancy, but she was sort of sensitive, I guess, because, you see, she'd rented the place without even asking me, and, (laughs) well, anyway, you know how women are. Now, Jeff, I've said it all before. Many times, darling. And I'll say it again. If you're going to write a novel about Greenwich Village, then you You ought ought to to live live in in Greenwich Greenwich Village. Village. (laughs) You funny man. Quite frankly, I didn't like number 39 Gay Street. I don't think you would have liked it either. One of those musty old brownstone fronts they'd cut up into small apartments. And when we went up the steps that night and entered the hall, our landlord wasn't exactly overjoyed to see us. I I wasn't expecting you, Mrs. Tryon. And not till Thursday. Well, I thought as long as the apartment was vacant. You see, my husband is a writer and he's very anxious to get to work. Yes, we'll be glad to pay you for the three extra days. No, 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 it isn't that. No, no, you see, I haven't had the lights turned on. And the apartment isn't cleaned yet. And, uh, I mean, perhaps if you'd have stayed at a hotel tonight, by tomorrow I could have everything ready. Oh, but our furniture's on the way from Connecticut. It ought to be here in an hour or so. I guess we'll just have to... Jeff, what was that? Well, it wasn't the six o'clock whistle. It, it, it came from downstairs. Hey, Mrs. Troy, I assure you it's nothing at all. Mr. Turner, Mr. Turner, it, it, it happened again. Well, what happened? Uh, down in the basement, that thing, whatever it is, it crawled across my feet. Uh, stop oh, that, Mrs. Hunter. Stop oh. it at once. Now, you go to my apartment and wait for me there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Say... 
What did she mean? Oh, uh, you mustn't mind her, Mr. Troy. She's my janitor, you see. Oh. An excellent worker, strong as an ox, but when she works in the basement, she gets hallucinations. <laughs> uh, that's absurd, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, silly. <laughs> well, if you'll uh, lend us some candles, Mr. Turner, we'll have a look at our little nest. Come along, Nancy. Let's you and me go up, huh? Jeff, hmm. it isn't up, it's down. Well, then let's go down and see our little... Down? I forgot to tell you, it's the basement apartment. It didn't look so bad, I candlelight. The uh, living room was pretty fair size. One door opening on the street, and another opening on the hall. And the bedroom had a door that opened right on a garden. <laughs> That's what had Nancy so excited. Oh, just imagine, darling, a garden right outside your bedroom in the heart of New York. Why, we can even have a victory garden. Uh-huh. Good soil, too. Lots of iron in it. How do you know? Well, isn't that a horseshoe lying there? <gasps> Jeff, you found a lucky piece. Pick it up. Where'll I wear it? You just hold it tight and make a wish. Oh. Okay, I've made it. What'd you wish? Well, while we're waiting for our furniture, I wish we could find a restaurant where they still have some steaks. Cute name for a restaurant. Polly's Stable. Must be a good place to put on the feed bag. <laughs> you funny man. Good evening, folks. How's everything? Well, the martinis are swell, but I need some toast. Toast? What kind? Why to rye? Oh, it doesn't matter. I just want to stick it under the leg of this table. <laughs> Look, Jeff, while you order dinner, I'll go and phone the cleaners about our drapes. Well, I'm pretty hungry, Nancy. Will you be back soon? Uh-huh, and two shakes of a dry martini. Hey, listen, I've had about enough, Starling. You meet me tonight or it's going to be perfect. Gosh, it's I was in that telephone booth. I... Oh, excuse me. I didn't realize the waitress was still here. <laughs> she isn't the waitress. She owns the joint. Darling, meet Polly. Polly, meet Darling. Hello, darling. How do you do? Uh, now, Nancy, you were saying... Jeff, you see that man at the bar with the hair growing down his forehead and the scar on his chin? Uh-huh. Well, I heard him threatening someone in the next booth, telling him to meet him in our apartment. Well, they couldn't meet in the telephone booth, so I guess if they want... Our apartment? I distinctly heard him say 39 Gay Street, the basement apartment. 39 Gay Street? Yes, do you know the place? Oh, sure. I, I live there myself on the second oh. floor. Oh, you do? Well, and maybe you know oh, who that... Excuse me, Jack... we're awful busy tonight. See you later, folks. Enjoy your dinner. Jeff, she acted so strangely. What's it all about? Oh, I think I better find out. I'm going over and have a talk with that guy. No, Jeff, don't. Well, now you just wait there, Nancy. Hiya, pal. I'm not your pal, and keep your hands to yourself. Hey, just a minute. Who do you think you're shoving? Don't like it, huh? No, maybe you'll like this better. Jeff! Jeff! Jeff, darling, open your eyes. Speak to me. Is that guy still here? No. He's gone. He ran out. Okay, honey. What'll we talk about? My hero. Now you'll need two steaks, one for your stomach and one for your eye. 
Home, sweet home. And there's no place on earth I'd rather not be. Jeff, it's <laughs> awfully dark in here. Yeah, lucky we bought these extra candles. Yeah, there we are. That gives us some light. But don't you understand? I left a candle lit when we went out to dinner. Mm. Oh, well, it must have blown out. Any little draft could... Ouch! What's the matter? Oh, my foot. I stubbed my toe. Hey, look. It's that darn horseshoe. My lucky piece, no less. That's odd. What's it doing on the floor? You put it on the windowsill. That's right. How did it get on the... Jeff, listen, you hear that noise? Sounds like water running in the bathroom. I'd better have a look, huh? Hey, not without me. All right, all right, here. Put the candle down on the floor. That's it. Steady now. You with me, Nancy? Nancy! Jeff, look! That candle is moving. Gosh. (laughs) Hey, hey, what's so funny? Look, it's a turtle. It must have come in from the garden. You put the candle right down on its back. Hey, I'll bet that's what's been scaring Mrs. Salter, too. (laughs) Come on, now, let's have a look at that bathroom. There you are, Nancy. You see, there's some water running out of the tub. That's what I mean. Where'd the water come from? Well, uh, uh... We didn't fill that tub. That's right. We didn't. Oh, I know. That guy from the restaurant came in here to take a bath, but he was very modest, so he blew out the candle. And he pitched horseshoes to dry himself off. You funny man. <laughs> oh, well, there's no use getting all upset, Nancy. And... What's that? Maybe he's back again. Jeff, don't go. Don't worry, I'm not. Anybody home? Got a load of furniture here. Oh, it's just the furniture. Yeah. Imagine being scared by an overstuffed chair. (laughs) It was quiet enough the rest of that night, but in the morning, things really started to happen. First of all, the police woke us up. Sorry to get you folks out of bed, but the neighbors complain. Fella lying in your garden without any clothes. In our garden? Well, he's got a nerve. Well, go on out there and get him out of there. Wake him up. Well, I wish I could. He happens to be dead. And then later, when they had us look at the corpse, Nancy had to go and blurt. Why, Jeff. Jeff, it's the man you had a fight with in the restaurant last night. Just let me get this straight, Mr. Troy, about this exchange of blows last night. Inspector, there wasn't any exchange. Only two blows were struck. He struck my husband, and my husband struck the floor. Ah, no, Nancy. I pushed him once, didn't I? Now, what's one little push? You didn't murder him, did you? Ooh, me? Uh, Say, Inspector. Yes, Bowling? I got a little dope for you. The guy's name was Kaufman, Lewis Kaufman. Had an apartment up on the third floor. Hmm, Who told you that? Oh, you wouldn't guess in a million years. Remember during Prohibition, this place was a speakeasy? Joe's place, it was called. Joe had a partner. Eddie Turner. Yeah, that's right. Remember, we grilled him, and when Joe disappeared, well, little Eddie's still around. In fact, he's a landlord of this joint. Hmm, that's interesting. Inspector Hankins? Yeah? My name is Lingle. I have an apartment in this building. That's right, Chief. I got his name on the list. I want you to know, sir, if I can help in any way. Oh, thank you, Mr. Lingle. We may call on you. Well, I'm in the phone book. The Lingle Art Studios. Any time at all, Inspector. Any time at all. 
Inspector, if you don't mind my putting in a word. Not at all, Mr. Troy. Well, I, uh, I think you should have questioned him after that conversation my wife overheard. You should question everyone in this house. Mr. Troy, remember, you live here, too. Oh, well, oh that's silly. Jeff isn't the murderous type. Oh, I didn't say he was. Come on, Bowling, let's go up and look at Kaufman's apartment. Wait a minute, Inspector. Just look at these books. Murder in the laundry, murder in the air, murder in the subway. Must be a couple of dozen of them. Somebody got murder on the brain. Hmm. Mr. Troy, you said you were a novelist? You didn't by chance. Uh, you bet. I wrote every one of them. Murder Mysteries by Jeffrey Yort. <laughs> That's my name spelled backwards. T-R-O-Y-Y-O-R-T. You get it? Yes. Uh, didn't you write a book called Murder in Prison? I sure did. How'd you like it, Inspector? Well, I thought it was the kind of a detective story that uh, knits. Knits? Oh, you mean all the clues fall into one place. No, I mean knits. K-N-I-T-S. You spell that backwards, too. K-N-I-S-T-I-N. Mr. Hankins, you're not a detective. You're a critic. Well, I guess that made me pretty mad. Made me want to show the inspector up, so while Nancy was throwing some breakfast together, I sort of wandered through the halls looking for clues. That was how I ran into Polly. You know, the girl we met the night before. Well, one thing led to another, and then she asked me in to have some coffee, and that's when it happened. I, I noticed a letter lying on the coffee table, and quite casually, I read the address. To Mr. Andrew Brule, 507 West 12th. Only Polly seemed to get upset, and she made a grab for the letter, but I got it first, and just to tease her, you know, just for a gag, <laughs> there we are, sort of wrestling for it, and I guess she has her arms around me, when all of a sudden, Nancy shows up. Oh, excuse me. I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, that's all right, sweet. We were just kidding around. Uh, yes, over this letter. Well, uh, when you get through playing post office, Mr. Troy, your breakfast is ready. Say, I think she's mad. Uh, I better go and explain. Nancy? Oh, Nancy, wait a minute. You stay away from me, you, you, you bluebeard. Oh, Nancy, you're not jealous, darling. That's silly. You're never jealous, I suppose. Of course I'm not. How about when the butcher saved me that roast? You huh? weren't jealous. Oh, no, just mad enough to kill, that's all. Darling, shh. I will not, shh. You were mad enough to kill. Uh, say, Mr. Troy, I want to speak to you. Oh, now look what you've done. Uh, let's get down to your apartment, folks. A few more questions I'd like to ask. <laughs> Troy, did you ever see this horseshoe before? Oh, sure. That's my lucky piece. Wasn't so lucky for Lewis Kaufman. What do you mean? I mean there's dried blood on it. These strands of hair are from the dead man's head. Wait a minute. Are you saying that this horseshoe was the murder weapon? Now you're getting hot, and I do mean hot. Oh, say, Chief, we checked the fingerprints on that horseshoe. They're his, all right. Whose? Yours. Oh. Okay, Troy. Get your hat and coat. Wait a minute, he hasn't done anything. He wouldn't hurt a fly. Jeff, darling, don't go. You haven't even had your breakfast. That's all right, baby, don't you worry. I had a cup of coffee upstairs with Polly. Oh, with Polly. Take him along, Inspector, and I hope he gets light. Lady Esther has presented Act One of A Night to Remember, starring Lucille Ball and Brian Donlevy.
Chester presents the second act of A Night to Remember, starring Brian Donlevy as Jeff Troy and Lucille Ball as his wife, Nancy. Jeff continues our story. Well, they kept me down at headquarters all that day. But then, some new development turns up, so that evening they let me go. Nothing else happened till late that night. I guess I must have been sleeping pretty soundly when... Jeff! Jeff, wake up! It's better now. There's somebody in this apartment. I can hear him walking around. Well, tell him to sit down. Hmm? In this apartment? Hear that sound? I wish I didn't. Don't go out there. You might get killed. Yeah, I know. But if I just stay here and listen, I'll die of fright. Your golf bag is standing here in the corner. Huh? Maybe you can hit him with a golf club. I don't know. I could never hit a ball. Oh, well, we'll try it. Come on. There he is, Jeff. Huh? I can see him outlined against the window. Oh, yeah. Don't move now. I've got you. Oh, 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 Jeff. Sure, you got him, only he didn't know about it. Now he's gone. This is no time to argue, Nancy. Turn on the light. Okay. Hey, Nancy, look. He dropped his knife. And knocked over the screen. If men weren't so clumsy, they... Say, honey, this isn't our screen. I know. Mr. Turner lent it to me to cover the window till our drapes got back. Well, there must be something about this screen that... Sure. There it is. He was scraping something off with that knife. See it, Nancy? Something 07 West 12th Street. That first number looks like it might be a five. Five? Oh, seven West 12th. Hey, that sounds familiar. I wonder where I... Wait a minute. I know. 507 West 12th. That was what was on Polly's letter. The one she had to wrestle you for? It, and the name was Brule. Andrew Brule. And somebody didn't want us to know it. Well, it wasn't Polly. It was a man. Yeah, and it wasn't Turner. He's not that big... Listen, who's that? Why don't you ask? Yes? Who's there? It's uh, it's me, Mr. Lingo. I heard a noise. I thought there might be some trouble. Can I be of any help? <laughs> well, if you find a stray heart in your throat, it's mine. <laughs> it's uh, all right, Mr. Lingo. Everything's under control. Thank you. Oh, that's fine. Well, good night. Such a nice man, always wanting to help. Well, that doesn't answer the question of Mr. Brule. Say, Nancy... Call me a cab, will you? I'm going in and put some clothes on. Jeff, it's after one o'clock. Well, if Mr. Brule is a respectable guy, he'll be home and asleep. And I'm going to wake him up. Oh, that's well, except for one slight mistake. Mistake? Yes. We're going to wake him up. Yes, what is it? Oh, uh, good evening, madam. I'm sorry to disturb you, but uh, it's very urgent that I see Mr. Brule. Ain't no Mr. Brule here, and it ain't evening, it's morning, and you ought to be ashamed. Good night. Mmm, cute kid. Jeff, are you sure you had the right address? Absolutely positive. You know, Nancy, it's funny. His mail should be sent to a place where he doesn't even live. I think we ought to check with the post office, you know what? Darling, not tonight. <laughs> well, no, I guess it can wait till morning. Here's 
the clerk now. Go ahead, Jeff. Ask him. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> My name is Brule. Andrew Brule, 507 West 12th. I uh, haven't been getting my mail lately. Would you please check and see if there's something wrong? Uh, Why, uh, uh, Mr. Brule, you gave us instructions over a year ago to hold all mail and general delivery. Don't you remember? uh, Oh, he's so absent-minded. Is that so? He sometimes even forgets he's married. Well, that uh, certainly clears things up for me. It does? Mr. Brule, I guess you just forgot. You, You called up here about an hour ago. I did? Surely. You asked if anyone had tried to pick up your mail. Sounded kind of worried, too. Oh, he's just the worrying type. Come along, dear. There are others waiting. Come on. Yes. Well, well, thanks, old man. Much obliged. Not at all, Mr. Brule. Don't mention it. Jeff, what do you think? I think Mr. Brule is worrying, too. It's pretty clear now, Nancy. He's mixed up in this murder some way, and he knows that we've gotten a line on him. Well, next thing, I guess he'll come after us. Jeff, what do we do? What can we do? Just sit tight and wait. And when he comes, we'll grab him. Jeff, what time is it now? Oh, just a few minutes to midnight. Midnight? Mm. Say, what are you so scared about? We've got all the lights on. I've got my trusty mid-iron here and... Hey, hey, the lights. Who turned those lights off? Not me. Huh? Oh. Then it must have been a murderer. The, the fuse box is out there in the hall. Jeff, there's something coming through the door. Steady now. Steady, Nancy. All right, you. Whoever you are, you better give up. I got you covered. I... Oh, Jeff! Jeff! I've got him. Nancy, I've got him. hit me. Oh, Jeff, it's you. Oh, darling, I'm sorry. It's so dark in here. Maybe it is, but I can see stars. Hey, the murderer. Where'd he go? I don't know. That was a door, Jeff. He must have gone out. Hey, listen. Police whistles. How did the cops get here? How do you think? I called them this afternoon. Look, the lights are on again. They must have fixed the fuse. Say, did you call the cops or the electricians? Oh, nice work, Mr. Troy. <laughs> we nabbed him all right. Yeah? Who was it, Inspector? Mr. Andrew Brule, alias Mr. Lingle. Mr. Lingle? Who lives upstairs? The one who wanted to help? Oh, that was a front. Like his art studios were just a front for his blackmailing. Blackmailing? Sure. He was collecting from every person in this house, and they didn't know that Brule and Lingle were one and the same. But how could he blackmail all these people? Oh, easy enough. Just get something on them that might embarrass them. Funny the things that people will try to hide. Since uh, he only spoke over the phone to them, they never guessed who he was. Yeah, but what about Kaufman? Why was he killed? Well, I guess Kaufman was the only one who suspected the truth. And when he insisted on having a showdown, Lingle had to kill him to keep him quiet. (laughs) Well, I guess that's that case, Inspector. (laughs) I sure am glad I was in on the finish. Finish is right, Mr. Troy. (laughs) Only it might have been yours. We just took this knife off Lingle. Pretty mean-looking, isn't it? You mean he was going to... Uh, Mr. Troy, he's he's fainted. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Jeff, open your eyes. Darling, get up. 
Please get up. You've got to get up, Jeff. You've got your good suit on. Thank you, Lucille Ball and Brian Don Levy, for a most entertaining half hour. Well, we ought to thank you, Mr. Bradley, because it's really been fun. And besides... All of us appreciate an invitation to play here because we know what wonderful work is being done by the Motion Picture Relief Fund and its country house and clinic, a work made possible by these radio broadcasts. And now, here again is Brian Donlevy. Thank you, Mr. Ball. People are beginning to wonder how they will fare post-war. They're asking, will high incomes continue? Will there be jobs for all? (laughs) Well, seriously, nobody knows, but we all know this. Money invested now in war bonds is the best way you can safeguard your post-war security. For every $3 you invest now in war bonds, you get $4 at maturity. And in an emergency, your bonds can be converted into cash anytime, so... Isn't it plain good sense to buy all you can, put every cent you can spare into safe, profitable, patriotic war bonds? Thank you. Next week, the Lady Esther Screen Guild players will present Dark Angel. It will star Donald Crisp, Merle Oberon, and Ronald Coleman. Be sure to listen. Lucille Ball appears through the courtesy of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of White Cliffs of Dover. Brian Donlevy appears through the courtesy of Paramount, producers of The Hitler Gang. Music on tonight's program was arranged and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. To try Lady Esther for purpose face cream, just get the smallest size jar. Later, you can get the economical large jar and keep refilling the small one for convenience. This is Truman Bradley speaking for Lady Esther, saying... Thank you, and good night, everyone. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's yours truly, Johnny Dollar, followed by Phil Harris and Alice Faye. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.